Hey everybody, welcome to Pod Gods, episode one seven nine three one eighty five. One eighty five. It's the 12th of January, 2015, the day of the uh, State of the Union speech, which... 2016, don't motherfucker. Don't, no, oh right, 2016. Don't know why anyone would have watched that, because it's about as useful as a politician's speech, which is not at all. Yeah, I didn't watch I made a relevant tweet just because everybody was talking about... Uh, Paul Ryan in the background standing there. And I was like, oh, at least it's not Scott Walker. Paul Walker. Well, no, no. Paul Walker, I would like that. Even if it was him, that'd be great. Even if it was just burned up corpse. I mean, Scott Walker, the Wisconsin governor. To me, Paul Ryan and Scott Walker are intertwined because one's like the government up in Minnesota and one's Wisconsin, really close by. And they're these, both these douchey looking white guys. Okay, so Geo, if you were Apple and you were putting an update for the Apple TV software out into beta that now included a podcast app, what do you think the most important thing for a podcast app on the Apple TV might be? Uh, audio playback? Well, okay, that maybe it handles a video podcast? Oh, yeah, sure. Since it's on an Apple TV? Yeah. Nope. Doesn't handle video podcasts. Oh, okay. That's, that's really Way good. Way to go, fucktards. Well, I've, I've had the new version of iTunes, and it doesn't even display. I get a black screen for the iTunes store. I, I guess it's because of resolution. I guess it can't support higher than 1080p. I don't know what it is, but just black screen. Well, it handles retina, which is near on 4K. Yeah, but it's, it's not. Whatever it is, maybe it's monitor I'm using, but it does, it's all black, so I have to... I have to go to the oh, – I can only see the top banner. So if the top banner has something like TV and film podcasts, I can then hit TV and film, and that will take me to the TV and film section. And then from there, I can go backwards to podcasts, and then I can see the podcast section. But well, if I, just I haven't page, been able to buy anything on my desktop computer um, in iTunes or any of the app stores for about two years. Yep. Which is fun. I, I, authorizing computers, I think, is what you have to do, but I, I don't imagine Oh, no. Works. It's authorized. Oh. Because I'll un- deauthorize it and reauthorize it. No, it just keeps asking me to type in my password again and again and again and again and Oh, again. I get stuck in that loop, too. Yeah, that's bullshit. And uh, I'm not changing it because it's already a ridiculously secure one. And I'm not going to type it in again. Yeah, so, I think there is a way in one of the settings where you can tell them when to ask you for the password on purchases, but then you have to tell them never to ask you for the password. Yeah, but you have to do that, you have to enter the password. <laughs> All right. And But I can buy things on my phone, and after about a week of trying on my phone, it finally let me buy Ken Reed's album. Oh. But uh, that was a very long time. We talked about that, right? I think so, but it finally let me buy it. Good album. I think he's seen some decent success with it. Good. Well, he he deserves, deserves it. it. It's good, and it's funny. I was just going to say he does deserve it. Considering I had, or I already had it for free. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, I got to buy my copy right now. Uh, there are now two podcasts about podcasts, other than us. Uh, Gimlet, yes, new ones. Uh, Gimlet has one, mm-hmm. I think, but it's just a clip and show. That's what they talked about on Afterpod. It's just going to be mostly just they play clips of podcasts they like. Yes. And CBC has a podcast about picking out podcasts that you might like. And Afterpod itself uh, had an episode this week where they announced that uh, Daily Shows is just not going to work. And they can't be expected to keep up with Corolla content, which is so repetitive. But then they also admit they don't listen to the shows. And the episode they quote as being repetitive had one story retold in the first 20 minutes. And then the second hour and 40 minutes had nothing repetitive. It was all brand new. 
was actually really fun and interesting, but they didn't even listen. They just skipped it. So this thing of like they basically announced that they'll follow the Corolla show whenever they choose to, and if listeners want to go and tell them what they should or shouldn't listen to, then they'll go back and listen to it. Then they'll have the discussion about it. And then they're they're also covering Serial more and some other stuff, and they might move on to some other shows. But they basically discussed the Gimlet show and how if that show can exist, then they can just exist as a podcast about podcasts. But they never at any point mentioned Pod Gods, the show that was the first podcast about podcasts, which is actually based on a joke by Mike Schmidt, who probably came up with it before anybody even thought of it, because he just thought of how much of a self-jag off. Oh, no. I mean, people had said that we should have, even before Schmidt did that, people said we should have a podcast about podcasts. And I said, that's Oh, that's right. Yeah, we were told that by a host of a show you used to love and now you abuse. Uh, so this is surely a sign that we have reached peak podcast. <laughs> it's just it's everybody jacking off in each other's faces now. And I really hope we get culled back to it just being the nerds uh, so that everyone real leaves podcasts and it just goes back to us and the nerds. I could, I could, I'll be fine with it either way. Ah, these people are, no, they're just going to fuck it up. It's like YouTube got fucked up when they started hiring marketing guys. It is what you it just, is. You want to go back to just engineers. I don't think you control this stuff. It just kind of happens. Yeah, you can, you can, it's like giving, it's like, uh, we need chemotherapy. We need to kill off all these cancerous new cells. And yes, some of the old ones will die off, but we'll recover. The new popularity of podcasts is a cancer. I called it. If we don't get rid of it, it will kill, it will consume the host. Uh, Much like a thing that's on my taint that's driving me nuts that I think is actually cancer, but it's probably just some sort of cyst. And all I want to do is stab myself in the scrotum with a, a razor blade. So, any podcast news of your own? I'm making a podcast about that. I have other news. Uh, I, I, guess, I think I'm getting sued. By? Uh, I guess Chris, my mom, signed up for Gold's Gym. And then her account let her have a family member on for free. So I think she put my name down, but not as a co-member, just as a, like a, you know, like a... A dependent account, I guess, or whatever. And uh, the person made her sign for me on there. And like I told her, he had to sign for all the members of the, 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 the account. And then she never went to the gym, and she I think she tried to cancel it, but they don't let you cancel or something. And out of the blue, I just get some letter in the mail saying I'm being sued. And then I called this uh, law firm in Utah who they tell me I owe them $1,000. And I said, well, yeah, I didn't sign anything. It's a forged signature. And they said, oh, you have to sign a registered letter and send them in. So I sent them in everywhere they're supposed to go. And I looked this up online because I'm so fucking angry. My lips turned blue talking to this guy in Utah. He's like, sound like you have an anger problem. And I was like, dude, <laughs> and I sound like I have an anger problem, you fucking thief piece of shit. And uh, I looked it up, and apparently, if, if anyone saw Better Call Saul, uh, Aldous and Associates uh, Law Firm, which isn't a real law firm, it's a collection agency with one lawyer in the back room, and then ABC Financial Services and Gold's Gym, and now Bally's, who's now merged with LA Fitness, and then I think there's like a 123 Fitness or something like that. It, it's got some weird, goofy name somewhere in the Midwest. They all use this company, ABC Financial, who's been around 30 years or more, and it turns out it's, a, it's like a RICO thing. The Gold's Gyms are all franchised, so there's no central owner. And the contracts they have, they extend essentially they're two years long, and then once it's over, you have 30 days to send a registered letter to like three different places. And they have a 75 or 90% failure rate for registered letters based off everybody's writing on the internet. So like I think the actual rate's like a 1% failure rate. So somehow they're, they're you know, it's, it's clearly they're committing fraud. 
then they don't let you out of the account, and then they assume they uh, the account the contract's over. You go to month to month, then they start double charging you and slip double charges in. I talked to Caesar from the Podcourt podcast, and his mom just signed up at LA Fitness. No, formerly of the yeah. Podcourt podcast, well, he's gonna have his own thing soon, I guess. But his mom just signed up at LA Fitness, who just merged with Bally's or took over Bally's, and I guess they're now using the ABC Financial Portal. In the first month, she was double charged. This is totally illegal, and then also they don't let you out of the contracts, which aren't legal in the first place, and they act like they don't have a centralized policy. But they do. They all behave by the same tactics. If you go online, it's all provable. And there's actually been a huge lawsuit in like Irvine, but they went after one gym as opposed to going after this ABC Financial people who are actually calling the shots to all these different gyms. And well, all you have to do is demand that they show you proof of the debt mm-hmm. with your signature on it. That's what I did. They can't do that. So they will go away. That's what I did. I sent them registered letters, but they they stay, they don't receive the letters. And so did the gym, and so did uh, Aldous Associates, and so did it's just it's bullshit. I've sent I sent like five different copies to everybody, but it, it doesn't matter. On the recording, I said this is uh, you know you can be if you do have an attorney there, this attorney can be disbarred for knowingly trying to go after debt for a fraudulent signature, and uh, but. I don't even care about that part of it. It's more that they're getting away with this, and there's all these people, these horror stories like how to close my account, or my wife signed me up, got a divorce, I never signed anything, now they're coming after me. People putting assets in other people's names to get away from them. It's, all you have to do is ask, prove No, I got, prove, that, prove that this debt exists, which they can never do because they buy the names and the contacts. They never actually get the paper documentation. Well, it's lost. these three companies. They don't, I don't, even if they that, buy it, they only buy it any, from them. That's with any collection agency. Gotcha. The first thing you do is you demand that they show you proof that they own this debt. Well, in this case, I can get out of it because I never signed anything. But I'm talking about people who did sign stuff who aren't being allowed to get out of contracts. I literally think I've stumbled upon like one of the biggest RICO cases in the country's history, and nobody's going to pursue it. They're abusing people who maybe are embarrassed because they have a gym membership they didn't use and like the whole, the whole guise of trying to be healthy but they're like upsetting people who like there's people who go to the military for military service and they say I just want to suspend my account while I'm overseas in Afghanistan can't do that sorry even though every other gym lets you do it or at least used to um, and then they charge double no, charge no, well that's actually illegal by federal law well they're doing it it's all over the internet they're doing it to all kinds of people I'm telling you dude it's all over it's, it's, there's there are whole... actually special laws that say if you be, if you're active military and you're moved out of things you have to be allowed to be let out of abc financial or... is not doing that and they're they're on there's a whole bunch of posts i can send you all the links dude it's, it's a fun... i don't care i'm okay. just saying that there are federal laws against exactly that. and they're breaking federal laws and their employees are told one of the people on there is confessing i used to work for them and we're told never let anybody out of a contract ever and we know the contracts aren't legal and they're not really enforceable but we just hold people to them and then we treat we terrorize them and she the lady admitted it she's like that's what we do and we're never allowed to let people out and we do get their letters all the time we're supposed to say we don't get their letters which is mail fraud so they're, they're getting registered letters and they're destroying them but uh well the, that's why you send them a registered letter because you then have proof that they've received it exactly and all these people do that and they say nope still didn't get it somehow got lost in the system send it again send it again and nope, here's my proof i got that but there's nobody this is not canada there's nobody there's no adults anymore lax dude nobody's gonna enforce it there's nobody to stop them i sent it to three different law firms i told a reporter I told a bunch of people, I was like, hey, just do a couple, here, here's all the links, do a couple hours of Googling. It, I'm not, I'm a layman, I'm not an expert. I saw Better Call Saul and what that retirement home was doing in season one, which seemed to be really well researched and based in reality of how you pursue something like this, is exactly what this gym is doing. And they're, they're you know, they're, they're being predators to a different type of person, not old people, but it's still, this is really unethical and it's totally illegal. And they have tons of cases where they're taking people's money while they're overseas for this country. Okay, any podcast news? 
uh, make a podcast like Lenny Bruce about how everyone's ruining my life. Okay, uh, I've actually added some podcasts. What'd you add? Uh, the Kitchen Cabinet, which is a BBC Radio 4 panel talk show about food. Okay. Uh, Moe's Midnight Radio, that's uh, Phil Mozilak, who does some of the uh, incomparable podcasts I like. He's a guest on it, and this is just kind of him rambling about shit in his life, which doesn't seem to be going so well. And then uh, Cinnamons, Cinnamon, uh, Cinema Sins uh, started a podcast. I like them on YouTube, so I started following the podcast when they sent out a video saying they're doing something. I added a show. Okay. What'd Cinema you Addicts. So it's Cinematics. It's uh, C-I-E-E-M-A capital uh, D-D-I-I-C-T-S. Uh, okay, and let me guess. It's about... Porn. No, it's Engineer Anderson and uh, I think Asian buddy Greg, uh, who's a film fanatic, uh, doing a film podcast. Different than the film vault. Uh, Anderson is not being Anderson, and he's just being, a, you know, talking about his love of film. It's it's not referential to Loveline or even the film vault that much. And Greg is actually kind of a gem in the rough, where he talks about DVDs, Blu-rays, that kind of stuff, and more my alley when it comes to film. He's not really into streaming. He's into the best picture and sound and. Old gems. I heard the first episode pretty strong. Uh, helped Anderson fix the album art, which was fun. I got to solve his tech problem. Um, yeah, overall. And he paid you for it? No, no, but he, he couldn't get he couldn't get the people he does pay to do it either. It was more of a he's going to let me go to, uh, to the Loveline warehouse and we're going to go find the tapes. So that's how I'm getting paid for it, I guess. He's going to sneak me in, break me in, and then we're going to go get so the So is this tapes. Anderson doing a podcast? Is it a podcast one podcast? It's solely on is his own a... in reaction to Bald Brian saying he was going to do his own uh, Hooray for Bollywood show on uh, Cruella Digital on the Adam Cruella show. But now Anderson jumped the gun. He's the first one to get his side project out, and I guess Logan's not too happy. But I, th- I think if he's not too happy, he should be first not too happy with Brian because Brian's going to go do one at Cruella Digital where Logan probably isn't going to be able to go. Yeah, and I don't care because I kind of hate them all. So, yay. Negative lax, too. <laughs> no, well, they have a podcast. Yay for them. All right. You upset the uh, the guys from Far Out and Low Budget and Original Kings of Podcasting. Yes, that would seem so. I, I don't want them to be upset. The reason we do this show is because of Todd. And there's nobody that loves Low Budget more than us. And I made their fucking DVD sets. And Mark's mom sends me cookies. And I want their show to be good. And I guess we do have a higher set of standards, maybe. I mean, maybe that's a valid criticism. But to me, it feels like this whole season of OG Kings, at best, is like rejected far-out material or the end of low-budget, like when low-budget was kind of spiraling type stuff. And it, it after the first season they did, it's like, why would they choose to do this? And unless it's some sort of greater... You know, episode 10, they go, ha you fell for it. This was oh, a prank. It's like in the first season, okay, how can we fuck with everyone? Let's release all 10 episodes at one time. Okay. Now we're on to season two. How can we fuck with this, this I time? I don't know if the first okay. season was how can we're we gonna fuck with people. We're going to say we're going to do it every week, but then we're going to do three episodes, then take a week off, then do two episodes. Well, there have been we'll holidays. Take a month off right, and right. then randomly put out some episodes. All right. Well, let's, let's address a couple of these points. One. The first season wasn't how can we fuck with people. It was Mark trying to adopt adopt the Netflix binge model and also with the YouTube clips. It was trying to market podcasts in a different way. And instead of having to wait each week, it's like, hey, we already gang taped these. Let's just put them out. It was like a conceptual experience, you know, like a concept album, if you will. Uh, and then also, it, in terms of this one, maybe they recorded all 
always at once, and they've been skipping weeks where there's holidays because they think people don't listen to podcasts during holiday weeks or something. But it, unless they had to go back and record more, edit something, it doesn't make sense why there have been so many absences. So yeah, I'll give you that. I think this can be explained by I think Mark quit this podcast three times in the last two months. All right. Okay. But I don't know. I don't think they're talking to me anymore. I think they've muted me on Twitter. The most recent episode made my also rants. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't like life-shattering great, but it was, it was a nice listen. Okay. Uh, Chris Hardwick is now owned by the Chinese. <laughs> Legendary got bought out. Yes, it's now 50% owned by Wanda, a Chinese conglomerate. Nice. Uh, Chris Hardwick comes home one day. There's like a, an Asian dude having sex with his wife. No, they're just 50 illegal Asian immigrants. <laughs> all right. Yes. Uh, so that's all I have. No drops. Uh, that was Nerdist was my one update. Well, uh, besides Afterpod dropping to not a daily podcast anymore, and not really about Adam Kroll anymore, um, which I don't understand. It's like, how many listeners do you guys have? You have less than 100 Twitter followers. I don't know. It's, it feels like I, I like the show. I, I'm not, I'm not criticizing the content. I'm more just their approach, I guess. Uh, then the other thing that happened was Human Conversation, recorded before Christmas. Erin McGathy tells uh, Wayne Fetterman she has big news, and then she announces she's moving to Ireland. And then in the same episode, she announces that she hasn't had sex. She hasn't been acting out, is what she says. And it's like, what? Acting out? And then she's like, oh, having sex. And it's like, oh, you really shouldn't view it that way. That's a, that's really not healthy at all. I thought you were in therapy, and that's why you got a divorce, and now you want to act out sexually? That's like... A, teenagers from abuse victims do that she's moving to ireland and then she's gonna get fucked the first night she's there so it's like oh okay why don't you just be more honest you met a guy in ireland you like uh he wasn't that interested and you're gonna throw your whole life away get a divorce go back there and show up on his doorstep and prove to him that your love is real and the guy's gonna be totally overwhelmed and creeped out and maybe have sex with you and then try to get rid of you yeah, I don't get going to Ireland. The guys are all kind of scummy looking. The it's only reason tiny to go ass to dicks. Ireland is for the girls. <laughs> Curse of the Irish, son. Yeah, I guess uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't. I don't get it at all. But like, she's in love with it. She's enchanted by the place. McGathy, I think she thinks it's her roots or something. But who knows? Who knows if she actually is Irish? It's one of those things. People have a lot. Yeah, of... there's a good reason why there's so many people from Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's going there. She's with uh, Dan Harmon's money, I presume, because she's staying at an Airbnb. Long term, which has got to be thousands of dollars. It depends. A lot of Ireland is kind of shit. And they're in a mass, massive depression. So she, she recorded two that night, and then they were going to do two more before she left. But she's gone. She went uh, uh, the first, I guess. She's, she's already gone. She's already gone there. So I heard this episode. She was already in Ireland. And then she's a huge David Bowie fan. So I, th- I think maybe she's grieving in her own way. Okay, uh, so any shows that pissed you off? Well, I got all the way caught up on For Crying Out Louds. So they were all pretty good, so I'm 100% caught up on that. I still have to listen to a couple of Jesse vs. Cancers. I have like 15 literary discos. I have uh, 13 or 14 You Made It Weird, so I don't think I've listened to one since that uh, kid from SNL, Pete Davidson. I got uh, fucking a shit ton of other stuff. I listened to uh, Steve Agee's uh, podcast, UHHH. It's his first oh, one fuck him. of 2016. How many times so he's he restarted it? it again? Nah, for now, but he's, he basically says an intro. He'll do his boy how he wants to. and then But the intro is horrible audio quality, some of the worst you've ever heard ever. And then he talks about the episode and what he reveals, and it's Ricky Carmona, formerly of Wham Bam Pow, who I like, who's a little bit of a dud on mic, but he's also charming. So sometimes he'll have the most eloquent breakdown of a movie, or he'll say something really funny, and then the next thing out of his mouth is kind of like a, 
is that really is that some of your thought or are you just repeating something you heard on like a college campus or something it's, it's kind of you know but what to, I really like is that they clearly have to host Steve Ag off so he can play a homeless person on TV yeah. once a month. Well, he talks about that one time he was filming something. I think it was for that show on MTV. What was it called? The the one that Rob Zombie's brother did. There was like a vampires and werewolves just showed up and Brian Callum was on it. Um, it was like four years yeah. ago. Yeah, he was on that show. He's like, yeah, I had a beard and then I just shaved it off one night. Or, and then I and I remembered I have to do that show, so I called him up, told him I shaved my beard, and everybody was mad at me because they had to give me like a custom beard on set. Anyways, in this episode, his big revelation, which I thought was gonna be bullshit, and just the way to trick people listening, was when he was a twelve uh, years old and all, all throughout his adolescence, he would masturbate in his house into his family's drinking glasses. Oh, that's classy. Yeah, and he wouldn't even like like he'd rinse them out, but he wouldn't like wash them out. That's just weird. All everybody in his family has swallowed his loads. That his mom, his dad, his sister. I'm like, what a terrible person. Yep. No wonder Teresa dumped crying red pubes. I guess I think I'm gonna drop that show. The episode wasn't terrible, and it was kind of funny, but it was just like, oh my god, that's horrible. And the episode, he's he's someone who doesn't want fans listening to his show, so don't give him the pleasure by listening to it. Well, it's this thing of like, he's like, and he'll he'll drop the show. And then he'll bring it back. Then he'll drop it again. Then he'll bring it back. The same reason he got rid of his Twitter account. He doesn't like a lot of people having feedback or opinions. He hangs out with Sarah Silverman. He hangs out with, uh, what's her face? Uh, you know, uh, uh, fucking Bolty. Uh, Juno. He, you know, like that's his friend. So like, he has this weird, like, oh, yeah. he has this weird. He's always had this weird celebrity thing. You know, he was the guy at Jimmy Kimmel Live who was paid to watch reality TV and just report back on. That was his job. And like, he's like, I just can't take it. He's just one of these people. It's like you've been given every break in life. You're not that funny. You're not anything attractive at all to look at. You used to be really skinny. You let yourself go to shit. You got to be on TV and be an actor. Your best friends are all these famous people who just call you through life. It's like, what What do you do? You got to have sex with Teresa Strasser <laughs> right afterward? He's, he's just, I think he, he's just a horrible example of humanity. Uh, so any shows that you didn't like? Uh, Kazam of uh, How Does Get Made 127. They did Kazam live with Kay Cannon. She was an okay guest, but the live How Does Get Made is just ruin them. They're just never any good. Uh, I tried to listen to it twice, still didn't get through it. Just fucking painful. Uh... Let's see here. Defocused. I had the Flop House 195, okay. uh, where they talked about the Golden Child and had absolutely ridiculously horrible audio that then got slightly better. Oh, let's that should just delete the episode. I didn't like Defocus 79, Notary Monkey. I'm not a huge fan of the movie The Rundown, but I just felt like they, like they had like, an axe to grind with Peter Berg. Cause I guess he made some comments about VX department, visual effects departments taking most of the movie's budget, which I don't think is that untrue. I mean, I, you have Robert Downey Jr. getting paid fifty million. I get that, but visual effects. No, are No, it's very because expensive. of the stupid fucking way Peter Berg shoots movies. I agree with that. Where everything has to be handheld, almost everything is improvised uh, just before you shoot it, and um, that leads to very, very expensive special effects work because none of the cameras are locked down, none of the angles are. Calculated. Oh yeah, there's no pre-visualization, no, no pre-production, no analysis of lighting and what you'll need beforehand. I totally get that part of it, but it just felt kind of like a bitchy episode. Okay, it'll show up later on my list. You liked it a lot, then, huh? It'll show up later on my list. <laughs> okay, I don't think there's anything else I hated. Uh, there's more uh, news. X Files Files is back. 
and uh, Kumail Nanjiani. And nobody cares. I did hate the beginning of this one. Kumail Nanjiani spends opening five minutes apologizing for the audio and for not having questions right and being nervous. And what would you do if you were put in this situation? It's like, well, actually, I was around my hero who basically raised me. I'd have me. notes written down? Yeah, that's what I did. And I killed it. I crushed it every single time. So whatever. But he's on set with him filming, and David or Jillian decided to take him aside and just record in between setups. Just them talk. They should have done this between every setup. They could have done this three or four times and got like you know an hour and a half, two hours of material. But they just did it one time for 15 minutes. Well, David Duchovny was off banging a PA it, doing something important. No, they, there was a bunch of time they were sitting there together, but Kumail wanted the time to be private and not recorded. Well, sometimes he's off masturbating. Kumail wanted the time to be private and not recorded for his audience of the show that got him onto that show on that set in the first place. And this is the audio he's been sitting on for, what, eight months, nine months, and he's been teasing. And it's actually really good. Uh, Jillian's really fun, and David's really fun. They want to talk about the bad episodes. And Kumail's like, let's not talk about the bad. Let's not talk about the bad. And then he picks up his phone to start getting uh, episode title names because he can't remember them, which doesn't even matter. You don't have to have episode names. He keeps apologizing for that intro, too. And then he starts yelling into his phone while they're now in the background because before it was facing upward and getting the room sound, and now it's getting his face, and then them, they're reflecting off his face into the speaker, into the mic. I'm thinking I might see Star Wars again tomorrow. Interesting. Uh, John Boyega said they're about starting work on episode eight, and it's really dark. Yeah, I hope it's. I just hope it's good. I didn't like Pop My Culture One Ninety Sevens Part One and Two, the uh, the best and worst of 2015 with Pamela Adam uh, Adlon, Guy Branum, uh, Janet no, how Varney. How can you fuck up Pam Adlon? Janet Varney and Wayne Fetterman. Okay. Pam Adlon was super drunk. So she's just yelling at Wayne the whole time and then joking about fucking Wayne. And the second episode, she's so drunk out of her mind, she can't even like follow a thought or a coherent sentence. And she's just talking about like what it's all about and as a performer and what being a good parent and people are mean and we just got to be nicer. Just like the most... Uh, yeah, I don't need to hear this. And Guy Branham... You just got to get her to do Bobby Hill voice. Guy Branham's the bitchiest queen of all time, and it's just... I just... I don't need to hear anymore. Anybody that talks about white males and white... Di- and heterosexual... God damn it. Shut up! Okay. Anything else? Uh, no. Just top five time, I guess. Well, I've got contenders. Uh, the incomparable, number 282, Head Clara, where they talk about... Uh, they kind of do a wrap-up show about the season of Doctor Who. Okay. And then Top Scallops, number five, I guess, uh, Sucking as a Service. Um, It's rather a scattered show. Then randomly with five or six minutes left, they actually cut into the after show where all of a sudden there's a woman talking who they don't explain who it is, and they're talking about uh, gender, gender roles in Star Wars. And out of nowhere so i have to tweet merlin oh who's the woman who randomly starts talking in the last five minutes and it's oh that's our producer and i want to do a snippy reply saying maybe you should fucking say that's who it is and actually say the show's over we're gonna now talk about star wars for five minutes with our producer but it's merlin he will block me because he's a douche don't you dare disagree with me. I have nobody blocked on Facebook or Twitter. I didn't want to have that out there in the world anymore. Oh, I have people blocked. I think I did for a while. I don't know if I did, but I, I got rid of them all. I went through and removed them all. I was like, you know, I don't want to have that out there. I don't want to, or people have something shitty to say. And that's not just the people that I report, block and report as spammers. Um, I have blocked, oh God, who is it? Probably Donald Trump for and Justin Trudeau. Phil Hendry um, has me blocked. 
both as accounts and as names and as keywords, because I just don't want to hear anything about those fuckers. Ah, the Trudeau can't be as bad as Trump. Yes. All right. In a very different way, but yes. Uh, I guess you did get the young bro douche president. You got uh, PC president. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have anybody blocked. I don't want to deal with it. But Phil Hendry still has me blocked after. I don't. I think it was crying about a breakup well, on Twitter. Once you're blocked, you're never going to get unblocked. I know, but I think it was me crying about a breakup. Unless you can suck up to Katie and get uh, get you unblocked on the Corolla feed, which now I don't care about. Yeah, well, uh, Phil, I think I think he sent me a nasty tweet like "Go fuck yourself," and then immediately blocked me with his account and then all of his fake characters who all followed me for quite a long time. And I think it was me like whining about a breakup, or he misunderstood me talking about somebody stealing my work with Corolla or something. And it was, like it was this thing that was really embarrassing because he threw like a big shitty fit, so he must have been like a bad day. And uh, he blocked me immediately from all his accounts. It's just a little baby move. It's like, oh, I respect this guy so much, but if he has that in in him and he's that old, it's like, oh, God. Uh, I don't fucking like I've him. I've oddly been interacting with John Roderick on Twitter. Oh, nice. Because he was wondering, he, he thought that the Newfies must have done something super courageous in this battle because they're mentioned as Newfies instead of as Canadians. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't realize they weren't part of Canada until 1949 when they were kind of strong-armed into joining because they were bankrupted by World War II. <laughs> I, I didn't know that part of it, but I knew they weren't always part of Canada. I knew there was some sort yes, of annexation. they didn't join until almost 1950. Yeah, that, that's... Uh, well, he's, uh, he's now, I think, working with my dentist to get his thing fixed, his uh, GMC. So I, I spoke to my dentist about it, and I was like, hey, cool, you're on the show. He's like, oh, I haven't listened yet. And then he's been writing me like, oh, it looks like I'm going to be talking to John Roderick some more. Can you, uh, you should, you should interview him. Yeah, I don't know if I have it in me. I'm not a huge, I'm not the hugest fan. I don't know if, I don't know what I have to offer in terms of interviewing anymore. Whatever it was. It would just be fun to say, so you're a professional podcaster. That's interesting. How did you get into this? (laughs) Oh, you play music. I didn't know that. That's an interesting hobby. I don't know. I feel like I know everything about him from the shows. And it's all these things too, whatever I, even if I was good at interviewing, which people said I was, I, I don't know if I have it in me anymore. Yes. Uh, so, any contenders? Original uh, Kings of Podcasting, Season 2, Episode 8, The Encounter. Uh, Todd tells a story about a young lady at a bar who wanted him to come back and listen to records and hang out, but how he had to say no because he's married, and how it's not a big deal. And then it was just Mark uh, with really good timed questions asking him about it. But again, this is 25 minutes. Felt more like an old low-budget episode, which I, I think is what some people really wanted. I think that's what I thought we wanted. Maybe it is what I wanted, but now all I want is OG Kings, and I, I don't feel like that was it. Okay, uh, so on to the top well, I got five. A couple, I got a couple more. Okay, I'll keep uh, going. For Crying Out Loud, Lisa Loeb returns. It was really good. Well, and that was a little bit all over the place. I kept talking over but otherwise it was cool to hear Lisa on the show. Um, let's see here. There's something else I really liked. Oh, uh... What the fuck? 671, Charlie Kaufman and Duke Johnson. I've never heard Charlie Kaufman talk long form before. He talks about why George Clooney doesn't like him. Uh, read the, the Chuck Barris movie, was it? Was that was? The Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. And then um, he talks about every project he worked on and how adaptation came about and how it really was him doing that and how they thought there was a fake brother. He was trying to get like work on there. They didn't realize it was a bit. Um, and then they get into Anamalisa with Duke Johnson, who's the animator for the end of the show, and he just comments on what a great interview it was before he steps in. But overall, really good episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, th- I thought it was really strong. What the fuck? He's been really I good. I just don't think I can take Mark Maron anymore. He's not as Mark Maron as he used to be. He's, he's, he's become this other stage of Mark Maron where 
the fucking uh, the initial rockets have separated, and now he's just cruising through space, and it's not it's not as volatile. I tried to watch part of his comedy special and just really. I just oh, hate I, him. I hated it too. First ten minutes, the opening, I was like, "Oh God, you're so a parody of yourself, complaining about eating food backstage. What am I doing with a Chicago deep dish? What am I doing? Oh my God, Mark Maron, you're so up your own ass." The first three minutes on stage, I'm like, "Ugh, these are terrible jokes." And it was about ten minutes in, I was like, "Oh, all right, this is flowing well." And then about 30 minutes, and I'm like, I'm going to turn this off. And by the end of it, I'm like, okay, that was a perfect stand-up hour. It's the best stand-up. I got about halfway through and thought, fuck this shit. You got to watch the whole thing. It's the best stand-up he's ever done. He talked about, he talked about all the stuff I heard from the podcast, but he expanded upon it. Uh, it's the best stand-up I've ever heard from Mark Maron. I was really impressed. Well, it was probably the best stand-up I'd ever heard from him. I turned it off halfway through. Uh, Nerdist 780 with Jason Alexander. Again, he's super honest about everything. Talks about the original Pretty Woman script. Uh, about what happened with Seinfeld early on and getting money and how people treated him. Uh, kind of a charmed life. Uh, he's one of these guys that's kind of like a um, guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm, big fat fuck. Uh, what the fuck's his name? Uh, big Jorge fat. Jorge Garcia? No, from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Well, he was in there as a okay. pot dealer. No, the, the friend, the big, Jeff Garland. Oh, okay. Yeah, where Jeff Garland's like this complete douchebag through life. He's not as bad as Jeff Garland, but it's like, don't you realize you're an ugly fat man and you shouldn't have any rights, let alone get more rights than everybody else and get to have everything? Anything else? Uh, let's see. There's a couple more on here. I think they were pretty decent. I'll put them in my top five. That's it. Okay, so I've got my top five. Number five, uh, there were the Irrelevant Show, uh, where it starts off with a letterbox that says, I love you, and then goes on to about 15 other titles. Um, really liked it. They're back, and I'm almost tempted to... Can I... Is the, uh, forget, if they're the ones that are recording, I might be able to see locally, or someone else. Huh? Can't remember. But I love the show. It's very good. Everyone should listen. I, I don't know if I'm subscribed anymore. I'll have to resubscribe. Uh, so you're number five. Comedy Bang Bang, two, 391 and 394. Uh, 391 was the Xmas special, and 394 is uh, the most recent one. Lauren Lapkus, who is Orange New Black, uh, Jurassic World. I hated her as Tracy Reardon, I think was her character. When she had to talk with a list, and it was just this terrible, lazy improv bullshit on Comedy Bang Bang. I could not listen to it. I stopped listening to the show and unsubscribed because she was so awful. And she hasn't done that character, I guess, in a while. Instead, she does these other characters, like this little elf who's like a, a horribly foul-mouthed elf. And now uh, uh, she does a character who is the nephew of Scott Aukerman, who's like a really pissed-off nephew who has to live with Scott, who Scott may or may not be sexually abusing. Uh, and these are amazing characters. Everything she does on the show is hilarious. She blows me away. She cracks me up. She's rude. She's crude. Uh, she's just really good. I'm not a huge fan of her. I don't have a crush on her. I think she's she comes off kind of aloof and kind of uh, privileged in interviews I've heard her, heard her in. But on Comedy Bang Bang, she is off the charts amazing, and she makes the show better. When anybody else talks, I'm like, ugh, get back to her and just let her talk to Scott. She's uh, an amazing comedic foil. And I think that Comedy Bang Bang is trying single-handedly to destroy podcasting. Uh, he is going to get a new um, uh, band leader on the show, so I guess that didn't work out last year. He didn't see him say that. He's just like, yeah, I'm getting a new band leader this year. I'll announce it soon, but didn't comment on it. Who was it last year? I thought it was Kid Cootie or somebody. I don't know who that is. Uh, some stupid DJ. Uh, so my number four, Random Trek number 81, where they break down Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, a.k.a. the one with the whales. Okay. Um, it's three, three guests instead of the regular one because it's a whole movie they're breaking down, and I just really liked it. All right. 
So you're number four. It is Cinematics number one. Anderson and Greg talked about it at the top of the show. Really can't recommend it more. Uh, if you like film, you want a new film podcast, you want something without Brian, you want to hear Anderson, perfect thing. If you want to hear Anderson in a different format where he's not as Anderson-y, also perfect for you. Is it just new show movies? Is it old Anderson movies? is just doing new movies. He's not trying to compete with the film vault, which is supposed to be about like old classics and forgotten gems. His co-host Greg is just going to do whatever he's got on DVD or Blu-ray because he doesn't have another podcast, another outlet to express it. So whatever rules Anderson's applying to himself don't apply to Greg. Sounds very chaotic and not well planned out. It, well, it is in the sense that Anderson is like, uh, he was telling him, well, we're just going to do movies on the show. And then Greg goes, well, you know, I want to do my Blu-rays and my DVD picks. And the ones he picked this week was a movie from last year, so it wasn't old. But uh, I, I told Anderson off air, I'm like, well, you know, he doesn't have another podcast. So what do you care what he puts on Blu-ray or DVD? You just don't want to talk about old movies because you're doing the film vault. So I don't know if the rule necessarily needs to apply. So I think it was more planned out, but I'm, I'm, I'm of the camp. It doesn't need to be. And I think Anderson is a horrible person who doesn't want people listening to his podcast, so no one should listen to his podcast. I think that's an outdated opinion, and he wants people to listen, and you should come back. Okay, so my number threes are both TV Guidance Counselor, uh, number 123, Gitler uh, Raphael, and 124, Genevon Oy. Those are my number three as well. They were amazing episodes. Uh, Gitler, I told him, is probably the best comedic partner he's ever on air. He sang more than he ever has in any episode. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, he was he only did a little bit of that thing people do when they're around their black buddy where they kind of perform and, hey, man, like a little bit of that. There was a little, little teeny bit of that in there. Uh, but it was just, it was loose. It was fun. One of the best guests the show's ever had. He needs to come on again. He was actually engaged in the material. He knew what he was talking about. He didn't just go, oh, yeah, interesting. Mm, cool. He was actually participating. And then Jenna Von Oy is one of the best interviews he's ever done on the show. Even though I really have no interest in her at all, it was a good interview. Well, I, I, I don't know. It's not like a, I, I never beat off to six. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the Parkers. So it was never like, oh, she's my childhood crush. Can't wait to hear what she's in. But she's like, no, she's on Blossom. I saw every episode of Blossom. And uh, it's cool to find out what her life was like. And I, I don't have any outside interest. Like, oh, I need to know what's happening to her. But neither did I for the chick from just the 10 of us, who was the youngest one, but was also the oldest. Uh, but that was one of the most compelling interviews I've ever heard in my life, where it's like, oh, it's just this really cool person who had a really interesting life that's different than mine. And I got to hear what it was like, and she sounds like a good mom. Okay, so my number two then, Defocus number 79, Notary Public Monkey, where they talk about the rundown. Um, I vaguely remember seeing the movie. Wouldn't have if I'd have known it was a WWF movie. I wouldn't have either. I watched it on a plane traveling to uh, Amsterdam in 2004 for the first time. Um, but just like them talking about it. I like them talking. I don't mind them talking. I, I'm not the hugest fan. They, they really like themselves talking. They do a lot of, um, uh, a lot of bitchiness. It, it gets really catty. And then as soon as they get the opportunity to perform, that's all they want to do. So there's a little bit of hidden agenda in there, I think. Like, uh, we're nerds, but we don't want to be nerds. So you're number two. It is David Arquette uh, on Scarborough Country 281. He's one of the best guests they've ever had on the show. Uh, he's super honest about his life and career and the Scream movies. And he's uh, really fun, and he talks about his ex-wife a little bit. And So other than cashing an alimony check, 
What the fuck is he doing? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Seriously, he dr- what's he doing? Drinking. What's, what's he there promoting? Nothing. He's not promoting anything. He just met them. He met. The, he was uh, the Sklarboros and their mom were golfing in California, and they needed a fourth. And then he was there by himself. And he's not a good golfer. He said, "Just put me with somebody who's not going to get mad at me." And then he just ended up as the fourth on their golf team. And he was really nice to their mom. And then they ran to him in some other place, and they just asked him to be on the show. That sounds really pathetic. Yeah, well, he's he's, he's like he's having like a bottom. Like he ended his marriage, and he's been drinking ever since. He was sober for many years. Okay, uh, so that was your number two. That tied with uh, what the fuck six seventy. Uh, Todd Haynes, Sarah Silverman, mostly for Todd Haynes. I've never heard him speak or anything about him. I, I assumed it, you know, I knew he was gay just based on a variety of factors and the type of films he makes and uh, hearing him talked about over the years. But I assumed he was one type of person, more of like a Brett and Easton Ellis type, and that's not who he is at all. Now, is that Welcome to the Dollhouse? No, that's uh, Todd Salons. That, that, is, okay. that is the guy that I was probably more picturing him being. Todd Haynes is uh, the Julianne Moore one. Was it Far From Home? What was it called? Uh, it's, it's one where it's like, uh, it takes place in the 50s and her husband's gay. It's like 2003. And like she has to like keep the marriage together and Dennis Quaid's her husband who's out like fucking dude. So it was like a play on that. I think I missed that one. He also did Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story, which is uh, Karen Carpenter's life told with Barbie dolls. It's all over YouTube. It's like 50 minutes long. It's a bootleg. It was sued out of into oblivion. It's, it's, you can't get it anywhere. Um, let's see what else did he do? It was big. He did Safe, the Julianne Moore movie, where she's like a suburban housewife from the mid '90s. It's it's kind of low budget. It's indie, and she starts to get sick from chemicals, and she can't, she has to like stop living around people, and she has to like go live out in some commune out in the middle of nowhere. It's a really yeah, fucked those up people movie. Are all neck and exactly, and that's what it was, it was kind of about. And then she shows up at this weird place with guys AIDS, and he's running it. It's weird. Um, what else did he do? He did something else that was big. He did the uh, I'm Not There, the Bob Dylan movie. Oh. Where they had like eight people playing exactly Bob that one that sounded stupid. And then he just did, I think he just did the movie with Kate Blanchett and some other chick where it's like a lesbian romance. Oh, the the Danish Carol. girl. That... No, 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 Carol. I think it's called oh, Carol. I think that's been not well received. Yeah, uh, well, is is it was a really interesting episode. I, I really enjoyed it. Okay, uh, my number one then is Roadwork number sixteen. No Raven has ever brought brought me a button. Yeah, about the so little girl. It's... So it's Dan and Merlin talking um, just kind of about shit and why they haven't had a show for three weeks or more. Oh, they don't talk about the little girl with the crows? A little bit. Mm. And opening packages. Uh, John finally starts opening the pa- all the packages that have uh, been received at his uh, office. Anything good? You have to listen. I haven't listened to the show ever. I guess I, get to, I can switch over or I can resubscribe to Roderick on the line. Or no, I, I didn't delete Roderick. I deleted Back to Work. I could, I could resubscribe to Back to Work, or I could go to this, I think. I'd go to this one. All right. Fuck Back to Work. Okay. And this one's show you still. It's Road Work. I know, but Back to Work was the other show I dropped. I said, fuck Back to yes. Work. Okay. Uh, my number one. Your number one. Alison Rose and her new best friend, Susie Meister. She was on Road Rules Australia. She was the born-again Christian with the super blonde hair who stole the bowling shoes. The season with Chadwick, and then also... Uh, Christina Pajitsky, who hosts Your Mom's House with uh, her husband, Tom Segura. It's weird that Susie has her own podcast. She's had two of them. She's done a bunch of the MTV challenges. She got a PhD in religious studies, so she's no longer Christian. She's pretty much an atheist, 
And uh, she talked about her life after Road Rules, having kids, her PhD, super interesting stuff. She had a great chemistry with Allison. She was really fun. I think Allison should like host a show with her. I think she, Allison should host a Facts of Life podcast and have Susie be her co-host, who's probably never seen an episode, and they watch them all together. I think that'd be really delightful. Um, really awesome guest. And then she, it turns out she fell in love with Timmy from Road Rules, if anybody remembers that. He was a guy from the first or second season. He was like a mascot who got caught having sex in a pool or something, and then it was some sort of local scandal, and he wasn't a mascot anymore. And then he was on Road Rules, and he was the funny guy, and he was nice. He looked a little bit older, and he had like black hair, and he wasn't like the jockey prick. He was like the goofy one. Well, I guess she was 16, saw that, fell in love with him. Then when she was 18, she applied to be on the show and sent him his first fan letter and then met him two years later when she was 20, and they had like a two-year love affair, and she still loves him and thinks he's a great guy, and they're still friends. Okay. This is really interesting. If you like road rules and all that shit, uh, which I did it for a long time, it was a really interesting flashback. And then that was the season with Piggy, who I actually met, who was at my mass hiring event the day I hired the dildo factory. She was working at the Seattle Hyatt or Hilton, and I was like, Piggy? And then, uh, and then uh, she was like, turned around, and it was her, and she was working for some recruiter place, where it's like, oh shit, these people have real jobs. And that- I have not seen a single episode of any of those Ever? MTV, no. Uh, weird. See, I, I stopped at a certain point, but the first couple seasons of Road Rules I watched, and I saw probably the first nine or ten Real Worlds, uh, just because there was nothing else on, and I grew up being forced to watch everything that was playing. Uh, then my, this tie, number one, is tied with 745 of Joe Rogan Experience. Uh, Ari Shafir is back. A uh, really fun episode. I like Ari as a guest. Yeah. Okay. A lot of podcasts I couldn't stand to listen to. I know. Uh, so anything else you have thought about? Uh, there's probably something I'm forgetting, but it doesn't really matter at this point. You? So I'm now completely off using the podcast app. I'm doing everything on Overcast, so a completely phone-based uh, podcast listening. Yeah, that's what I switched over to a couple of years ago. I used to be a iPod, uh, iTunes guy, and then I switched over just to phone. It was It was tough getting used to it first, but then as soon as I did, I'm like, why did I ever do it this old way? Well, I do like having a bit better control of playlists, having it set up before the day starts and never changing from it. But now I can just, ooh, no agenda starts playing because I didn't realize I had Wi-Fi and it automatically downloaded a podcast and put it up to my next It surprises you. I like it. But um, I like it. It means I have to have an awful lot of, I can have sometimes up to five gigs uh, of storage being used up on my phone. Yep, I just, I just had five gigs. I'm down to 64 episodes and 2.65 gigs. And I dropped some, never to bring them back. Um, never got to listen to the podcast podcast. I'll have to maybe re-download all of those again. Um, dropped Jesse versus cancer completely dropped probably science completely. Um, maybe a couple others I dropped, but I don't think so, but it's interesting. It's, I preferred my, the way I could do playlists before, but yeah, I can live with it on my phone. Okay. It's a good app. I like how it does the automatically truncating silences and the speed, uh, I didn't know it did that. that. Yes. Oh, that is nice. The truncating silence with the speed augmentation. That's a great way to uh, enhance the speed without compromising quality. I wonder if there's a way just to do truncating silences. Yes. Ooh, that that, does got Beyond Pod beat. Beyond Pod doesn't have truncated silence. It doesn't even fuck around with that at all. 
And you can also have it do voice boost. So it basically EQs up uh, the standard vocal ranges okay. and takes down what would normally be uh, droning noise for poorly engineered podcasts. So you can uh, listen to them better in high noise. Well, I know what we can talk about. Applications like in your car. <laughs> Speaking of that, you sent me some criticisms from uh, an autistic person or a crazy person. And then you're like, I probably shouldn't send these to you. It's just going to freak you out. So then I sent the guy kind of a stern. And you freaked the fuck out. And I sent him a stern first email. And I was like, here's the facts. They don't pay me, blah, blah, A, B, C, D. And then I felt bad. I'm like, you know, I'm going to send him a kinder email. So I sent him a kinder one. Then the guy replies and goes, that first email made perfect sense. The second one, oh, my God, I'll never contact you again. I was like, oh, fuck yourself, you stupid fucking prick. Yeah, so there goes a listener. Good. Because he sent it to the Pod Gods one. I don't give a shit what he listens to. I don't think he listens to anything. He's a piece of shit. They, people they do this all the time. They contact me and they're like, what is it you're really after? It's like, oh, you want to do what I'm doing and you think you've exposed the flaw. I don't work at Cruel Digital to edit their shows, so I send them the raw file of a new version at warts and all. And then the classic love lines, I wasn't allowed to put my sound effects until now. Now they're going to let me put my fast forward and tape flip in, which will help a great deal when it comes to the edits. But the guy's like writing to me about original source audio problems. And I got another one today from a guy on Facebook. He's like, yeah, I'm an expert. I'm an audio engineer. I can clean up your audio for you. They don't, you know how fucking insulting that is? I, just, I can't even begin to explain it to people. But there is no cleaning up beyond what I've cleaned it up. Trust me, if there was, I would have figured it out by now. It's not possible. I have the best ones that exist. And now, now I've actually proved uh, another thing. The source tapes from Anderson, the security tapes, they're fucking... They're Tom Likas. They're, they're intertwined. So that the ones that are missing, they're in Tom Likas' house because they would just use one uh, long play security tape on VHS and record for six hours from the beginning of his show for four hours till, till Loveline started and do those two hours. So it was just, it was just ran, all ran together. So it was Tom Likas every day and then Loveline, and I had this broken VHS Anderson sent me, couldn't transfer. So I finally got $200 together, uh, and I went and I bought a VCR, and then I transferred it, and I'm going to try to take the VCR back, hopefully. Or I'm going to keep it, I guess. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think I'm going to get more VHSs. And I transferred it, and the static is there in the source audio. Even through all my equipment, it's still there. It's not as bad as some of the tapes he had where it was some analog static, too. But uh, basically, there is no improving the sound better than what we already heard. So it doesn't really matter if I transfer it or not. Well, hey, at least you'll get some vintage Tom Likas out of it. Oh, I know. I was like, oh, man, I should record this Tom Likas for prosperity. Uh, prosterity. I was like, no, not posterity. No. no, it's not happening. And then I was like, let me fast forward. And then I was like, oh, man, is this just Tom Likas? And then I got past the four-hour mark. And I'm like, oh, God, there'll be something else here. There'll be something else here. And it's like this one lost love line nobody's heard. And then, of course, Adam opens it and goes, all right, Drew, tonight's going to be rehash night. I'm just going to go over old bits that people in these new cities haven't heard yet. <laughs> I was like, no. Is... Tom Likas still live streaming. I don't know, uh, but I'm really pissed off the idea that he has a bunch of these tapes sitting around his house that have love lines on them, and he's in charge of who gets to have them. When I, I don't think that's, I don't, I don't know if that's legal, but it's the reality. Yes, apparently he's still live Monday to Friday, uh, 3 p.m. PST. Well, give me those fucking tapes, you fat pig, before I fucking take them from you. And lots of, I think, old pictures of him and his site autoplays. So fuck him. That's how he gets his listens. Hey, we got 10,000 listens a month. Uh, how long do you listen for? 27 seconds. Yes. Yeah, fuck so, that guy. I don't have anything else to say, so don't forget we are a listener-supported show. You can reach us at PodGods, podgods at gmail.com, and on Facebook. And that's PodGods with a Z. You can also help fund this show or Geo in general at patreon.com slash Giovanni. And don't forget to hit up those Amazon affiliate links. It's time to put the Crown Royal sack back on the microphone.
And I just lost one of the Patreon people for sixty nine sixty nine. My my special bro level. I think he's coming back, but till then I've got a huge hit on the Patreon, and I am six blo- sixteen blogs behind. Uh, my vacation is over. I got to do nothing except work nonstop on these tapes, and I paid two hundred dollars to get one lost love line. That's all rehash city. There's some good stuff in it, but it's just a lost episode, not anything special. Uh, my life's garbage. Yeah, give me money. Help me. Oh, and also $7 in Amazon money so far in January, which $7 is great, but $7 doesn't do much. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh my God. The show about-